Hello and welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow. And in this podcast, I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by the words of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. And in the hopes of adding some true beauty to the world, my new book, The Other Side of Beauty, is now out for purchase. You can grab it anywhere books are sold, and that includes Amazon and my website, leadero.com. In this book, I confront the world's limited view of beauty and its negative impact on us women in particular, and then give the alternative, The Other Side of Beauty, which is about holiness and wholeness. And ultimately, it's in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so when we desire this, we then really can become and share true and lasting beauty. So if you haven't already, grab your copy of The Other Side of Beauty. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for joining us here on the Do Something Beautiful podcast. We have amazing guests and I can't wait for you to listen to them, to hear from them, to learn from them. I learn so much from every single person here and always helps me and inspires me to do something beautiful for God. Hey, what's up? What's up? How you, you doing good? Nice to meet you. You are really attractive and I'm nervous. I love you. My name is Cecilia Lucia Campos Gutierrez. I am single. My name is Shanzi. Hi, boys. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm an active listener. My name is Matt Shilton and I am single. It's like single, married, and then there's an extra single. And that's the one that I would check off. What is dating? Dating in today's society is cruel. I don't really think that anyone knows how to date. Like, it's not a skill that our generation really has. In college, I would definitely say hooking up is 100% more common than dating. Story of boy meets girl. Girl really likes boy. Girl thinks that boy really likes girl. I wish you could just be old school. You know, like, he looked at me, I looked away. There's not that, you know, gentleman and lady kind of feel to dating. There's no limits anymore. Like, making out isn't hooking up anymore. It's way further than that. There's a ridiculous amount of pressure on people. Mr. Close Enough is out there. Mr. Perfect, he's nowhere to be found. About eight or nine years ago, I realized that students were dating, and I sort of was finding out things about hookup culture, and I thought, well, this is crazy. So I started asking students to go on what I refer to as traditional dates. This is why I'm single, but the only thing I ask of a woman is that they replace you. Is that bad? Is that bad? Do you think women turn away from that? Oh, heaven's sakes. You really know that's... (laughs) All right, welcome back to the podcast. And Megan, thank you so much for being on. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate Uh, the opportunity. We are two really excited to talk about this. We have... Just last month in February, we released a podcast on dating and there's a whole bunch of people who gave 
crazy dating stories and <laughs> fun ones and, and ones that shocked us and ones that left us laughing and then some that were very, very sweet and very tender. And so this just kind of rolls right into a little bit of that. Now, you are the producer of a new movie coming out called The Dating Project, correct? That's right. Okay. Dating so theaters April 17th. April 17th. Yeah, it, it is coming out April 17th for one day only, people. It's one of those great ones. One day only, The Dating Project movie. And you can get more information at thedatingprojectmovie.com. All of those details will be in the show notes. So don't worry. We'll mention a few more times, but you'll want to go to the show notes to get some information on that to grab your tickets for April 17th. So I was able to screen the movie a few weeks ago and I watched it and a few things came to me. One, of course, as I'm, as I'm watching the movie, to be honest with you, there is the prayer that, that definitely goes up of like, please don't suck. Like, please, (laughs) please don't be terrible. And I was so, and also please don't, like I was really praying that this movie would be an honest depiction of what's really going on in the dating culture today and offer a better response than just do whatever you want to do. Like it's totally fine and there's no consequences and people are going to be happy no matter what. And the movie definitely did not give that vibe. It definitely did not give that tone. It was honest. It was very sincere. And you allowed the people to really speak for themselves. So let's just kind of get into this. So this mm-hmm. movie follows, is it five people? That's right. Yes. Five single people. Five single people. Okay. Okay. So you tell us, give us a quick idea. So it's following five single people. And it mm-hmm. also speaks, uh, really, I know you'll talk about this, but I was really impressed, as I'm sure everybody will be, with Dr. Carrie, is it Cronin? Cronin. Mm-hmm. from She's a Boston College professor. So she has a big role to play, actually, in this movie as well. So can you kind of like set, set us up of what to kind of expect in this? Sure. So the five different people, and we'll start with the college kids because they are directly related to Professor Cronin. So Professor Cronin teaches philosophy at Boston College. And she, about 10, 11 years ago, was talking with her students that were graduating. They were seniors. And she said, hey, so are you guys going to be leaving your boyfriends or girlfriends? And they all were like, we haven't dated. They, they, that was just not happening. So she was kind of confused. And then she started hearing about the hookup culture. And she said she'd be running around campus asking kids, is this really happening? Is this really happening? And she said that she wanted to offer something to her students of a different, uh, instead of saying, don't do X, she said, why don't you try this? Why don't you try going on a date? So she started incorporating that into her class around Valentine's Day, started as extra credit. She realized these kids can't do that. They wanted to, but they couldn't do it. She made it mandatory. And now it is extra credit again. So we found her from Catherine Fowler, now Catherine Fowler sample sister was working on the project, Mary Colleen, and she found Professor Cronin after we had started and said, this professor is doing an amazing thing here. She was called the dating doctor. So we thought, why don't we go visit her? We didn't know at the time as big a role as she would play in the film. And she would help us get the two college kids because we wanted kids in college. We wanted the archetypes of college kids. You know, maybe they're in the the uh, the party scene or they're or they're not, you know, they're so these two kids play kind of one character and a broad stroke of what college life is like. Mm-hmm. Cecilia is from Monterey, Mexico. Originally, we found her through a Facebook casting call of a friend who we said, we're looking for somebody who's Hispanic, you know, just out of college, trying to find their way, you know, that part where what do I do now? I'm out of college, I'm trying to find a job. Rashida is our 30 something. She is based in New York. Now, we got her kind of at the last minute. We had somebody else we had casted for that. We had said, this is our archetype. She's a working woman, very focused on her career, is very strong in her faith. And 
the woman about three weeks out said, you know, I don't think I'm going to have time to do this. And we said, oh boy, (laughs) if you're thinking you don't have time, then you won't have time because it's very intense, the time we spend with them. So Rashida was New York. She was working for Meredith Vieira. She's doing her thing. She's really wants a relationship, but she's trying to find that balance. Chris is our 40 something. He is from Santa Monica. He's originally from San Francisco, but he's kind of caught up in that options and expectations and too much choice. And you know, that prolonged, I won't say prolonged adolescence, but in that sense that that is happening. We're, we're seeing that. Like, what is that world like? So we take these five characters and we just try to figure out through their journey, you know, what it's like for them. And I love that you said that you kind of, an honest depiction, we really wanted it to reach people where they were. And, and if what was it really part of their story? And that was that was important to us. Yeah, that definitely came through. Now, I have, I mean, all my listeners know this, but so I used to be on a reality TV show called America's Next Top Model. And I was on cycle yes. three of that show. So having experience of being on a reality TV show <laughs> and then seeing sometimes documentaries, it's always just like, okay, so what films and, and documentaries are really real or what, 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 what feels like just an, another reality TV show? Cause they're very contrived, even though there's not a script. So I was impressed personally from my own background to watch it. And to listen to these five young adults, be really honest, you could tell that they were very open-ended questions being asked to them from me, just kind of having my background. I was like, mm-hmm. they're, yeah, they're just, they're really, they're not leading. They're really asking an open-ended question and they're responding well. And you could see the difference clearly in their backgrounds or maybe even their faith backgrounds or, or their relationship with their friends, if all of those things playing into their decisions about dating and the hookup culture and how this was affecting them. I loved it. That's one of the things I was like, no, this is really good. Like people are, this is an honest depiction of what's going on in a lot of people's lives. And I thought it was a good balance of a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. Now, when you began, now you were the producer for this. How did you get involved in it? Okay, so actually I'm one of the producers and creators with Catherine Fowler Sample. So Catherine was just Catherine Fowler at the time. And because of the project, she's the kind of behind the scenes success story. She's married now. She just had a baby. (laughs) There you go, people. Watch the movie and you're going to get married and have a baby. Well, I didn't. So there's (laughs) still reality. (laughs) One out of two. One out of two people. It's a 50% success rate. We're going to take it. And then John Shepard from Empower Pictures, we were working on another project for Empower Pictures. And the client that they were working with said, we're going to do a series and we're looking for ideas. And Catherine and I, you know, we thought, you know, we should think of something. And she had developed a date in every state reality show idea. And we said, nah, that we don't want to do reality, but dating. Because you know this, Leah, women get together and they talk about dating men. They talk about all these things. I think men do it too. But we're, we, I think women coming from our own perspective, we're like, we know this is a topic. Like, why aren't we getting asked out? And we went to a dinner party and there were 14 women and two were married and the rest were single. And not only were they single, but most of us really hadn't been on a lot of dates recently or in a long, long time. And we started to go, why is that? What, what's happening that, that, you know, this group of women wouldn't be going out more right. than they are now? And so we put together these archetypes, Catherine and I, you know, we'd work on it at night in the morning and we pitched the idea and they liked it. I love it. Hey friends, as you know, I always end my podcast with that phrase, that piece of the quote from Mother Teresa of do something beautiful for God. And so if you're if you're trying to find what that is, if you're trying to find some type of action that you can actually do something beautiful for God each and every day to make this world better, to make yourself better, become closer to God, 
I'm here to help you out. I have a way. The Do Something Beautiful podcast is sponsored by Haiti 180. Haiti 180 is a nonprofit organization impacting the whole community with the joy of Christ in Haiti. It provides homes, education, healthcare, and mission trips through this organization. Now, this may sound familiar to you because many of you donated your money, over $26,000 we raised to build the maternity wing for the new medical clinic. So that's being built as we speak. You guys are amazing. And it really just, it could not be easier to answer the call to help the poor and to really do something beautiful for God by becoming a Team 180 member. So what that means is when you're a Team 180 member, you choose to give monthly on a recurring basis to help the people of Haiti. It's that easy. You sign up at Haiti180.com and you begin to become a donor and 100% of the funds go to helping the poor of Haiti and keeping this amazing organization up and running. I fully back this. I have been to Haiti myself. I have been to the Haiti180's headquarters. I have worked with Sean in Haiti. I fully back it. Ricky and myself are both Team 180 members. We both give monthly. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same. It's very easy. You can sign up for just $15 a month. And if you want to give more, I'm sure they'll take your money. But it's such a great way to really do something beautiful for God and to really give of ourselves and give of our time and our talents and all that God gives us of being so generous with us that we can give back to help somebody else. So if you're really trying to find a way to actually put this into practice, I encourage you to become a Team 180 member. And you can do that as easy as going to Haiti180.com and signing up. So what has... Now, when I was watching it, I think it was... I mean, I'm very aware of it, the hookup culture. I think at this point, we all are. We all know that term. I think we know what it means for the most part. But the reality is that it's having a massive effect on our long-term goals and happiness in our relationships. These short-term pleasures, these short-term, you know, just moments that just are so fleeting end up leaving with people with so much confusion. And I thought that was, it was really almost sad. It was, I'm happy that it was so honest, but it was sad to see that in the film of like these hookup experiences are not leading us to that, that what well, what people really want, a committed relationship to be with someone, to trust mm-hmm. someone, to share their life, to share their love with someone. Was there anything when you, when you were, you know, working on this film that you were really surprised about when it came to the hookup culture? You know, that's, That's a great question. And along the journey of of making this, there were a lot of those moments where you kind of knew, like you said, we know there's hookup culture where some people don't. We've had people seeing the movie and are like, wait, they might be moms or dads or grandparents are like, what is that? Is that really happening? But for the most part, people generally do know what's going on. And I I think for me, when we went to the college and, and the pressure on the kids and just seeing that, I don't think that they want to participate for the most part in some of the things they're participating in. There's that FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. There's the social media and everything that makes all these things seem attractive. A lot of the films that you see depict love and romance in a certain way. And it's usually not, let's get to know each other. And so there's a lot of confusion. I was overwhelmed by the amount of pressure facing kids in college. And really, they just want to fit in. And they want to be accepted, to have to belong. And they're finding that belonging sometimes in things that foundationally they know they don't want, but it's a difficult situation. So I, you know, I always say I have nieces and nephews and I was like, man, 
in college, find a good group or find some sort of activity or they had this dance club at, at Boston College. And it was so cool to see all those kids dancing one night and just being together and getting to know each other. I was overwhelmed by the amount of pressure on, on young people. But it's funny, it extends through the young people to the 20s, to the 30s, to the 40s, because it's a habitual behavior and, a, and almost just encompassing any age level of how you're supposed to behave. So that was for me the most a little shocking. Do you think the hookup culture is now just becoming mainstream? Like it's like, do you think there's pressure to actually be a part of the hookup culture rather than this default mode if you can't find a relationship? You know, I, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert. I would just say that I think the pressure then becomes in relationships and we probably see it and you probably know it and people listening, I probably know that that immediate physical, that if that's not there immediately, someone may no longer be interested in you. So the hookup is something that goes beyond, it could be like on a date. Well, the expectation is something's going to happen after the third date or the second date or the fourth date. So the pressure becomes, I have to be physical maybe more than I want to be, or I'm going to lose X, Y, Z. Or I had a girl come up to me after a talk and she said, I went out with a guy five times and I, you know, he wanted to sleep with me and I didn't want to do that. And he didn't want to see me anymore. And I said, that's, I mean, it's kind of a sad reality of the state of the culture that 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 is truth. And it's not just it, you could reverse the roles. It's not just men. It's not just women. It's it's both. And this right. this uncertainty of what's where are things. I think there's a, a disorder in the way that we're approaching relationships. Like Cronin said, get to know somebody, go for a cup of coffee. And sometimes that takes more courage and guts than than just to hook up with somebody. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. I think because it, it's in the light of day and you're face to face and you're, yes. you're going to have to actually communicate versus, you know, where some I would just I would probably say a lot of the hookup moments happen are usually alcohol is usually involved. It's at mm-hmm. night. It's dark. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really being honest on a variety of fronts with yourself or with the other person. So, yeah, it, it does take a little bit more courage. And more honesty to, you know, share a cup of coffee with somebody and not be on your phone and communicate with that. Now, with these perspectives, like, did your own personal faith background come into play of how you were viewing this or producing it at all? My faith is extremely important to me. It is the most important thing. And it it certainly shaped the way I viewed things when I was hearing things or when I was reflecting on myself. We did really try to meet these people on their journey and say, where are they? And, you know, hopefully through the process of asking these difficult questions that a lot of people aren't asking themselves or each other, maybe that would awaken something of, wow, is this what I really want? Is this how I'm really made to be, you know, religious or not religious? Is this really bringing me the happiness it promised? Because I don't feel that way. I, you know, a lot of them felt lonely and alone. And to reframe that narrative of, you know, just take it. Maybe this isn't all it's cracked up to be. And maybe I am worth more than this. So my faith just shapes everything that I do. So it's just part of who I am. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, girl. So with these, with Dr. Carrie Cronin, I was very interested in the responses that her students had after she gave them the assignment of like, here's your assignment. You need to go on a date. And she gave some very specific rules that I found amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Let's go over those rules of what she said, of what she was, the instructions that she gave her students. Now, what were those? Okay. So part of what she's, her assignment is a level one date. So they have to ask someone out in person 
and they can't text. It has to be in person. It has to be somebody they have a legitimate interest in. And she's saying, don't, don't have it be, you know, the love of your life and then you'll be crushed. Have it, somebody, though, that you're legitimately interested in. The other person has to know it's a date. So they can't wonder, geez, am I on a date or not? You have to literally say you're going, I'd like to take you on a date or something to that effect. And then you ask, you pay 90 minutes or less. And, you know, you come with a plan. There's no physical contact. Uh, there's no drugs or alcohol. And then she says that they have two weeks to do it. This is so awesome. This is, <laughs> is. I, I, I was, this is when I was completely hooked right at the beginning. I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I have got to see what happens because I can imagine I'm in my late thirties. I am married. I already have kids, but I, I didn't get married till I was 33. And so I was just in, you know, I was a part of, and I was surrounded by that hookup culture for the last five or so years before I was married, where it really became apparent. And, and it was really starting to kind of take off and I wasn't quite called maybe just yet. So I experienced some of these like freak out moments in the in the dating <laughs> realm as an adult dating. And I was like these college kids and there's the, the rules are so simple. This is like Mayberry, Mayberry people. <laughs> We're talking, I guarantee you about half my listeners are like, I have, I have no idea what, what that is. What's exactly. And I'm like, I do. I know exactly what you're talking it's Mayberry. about. Let me tell you something. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, okay, so let's see. You have to talk to a person face to face. You have to actually ask them on a date, clarify what it is, not just hanging out, not just, hey, do you want to grab coffee or no, say, I want to take you on a date. I love mm -hmm. the time limit that she gave of 90 minutes because anything past 90 minutes is really torture, to be honest with you. Even if you really like the person, at some point, you're you just you don't even know how to wrap it up like land the plane people <laughs> land the plane finish it up after 90 minutes and then you're you're actually let me tell you something especially for maybe guys who more than likely might be initiating the date you are leaving her with wanting more you should always leave a date as long as it's going well wanting more it shouldn't be like well we wrapped up our whole lives. I know every deep, dark secret over the past five hours. It's been awesome. And I never want to see you again because that was weird oh. because humans just aren't like that. Oh, that's so funny because one of the things I love that she says, which is so true, is she says, don't, Professor Cronin, don't talk about level three things because she has different levels at level one, like you said. I mean, get to know them, have a few questions. Sometimes it just goes into like the most personal things right away. <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, well, I don't know what to do with that. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I know. I, I, listen, I, I, <laughs> oh gosh, I know a person, no names. I know a person who asked me, honestly, Leah, I'm going to go on a date with this girl. And I'm thinking about after, uh, during dinner, asking her about her conversion and how she, how oh, no. she's, how she's come to know Jesus. And I'm like, oh, no. no, oh no, 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 no. I was like, you, you can't, you can't do that. He's like, why? That, that's really important to me. I was like, well, then you should find out from your friends or other people if she's a believer, if, you know, if she's Catholic, if she's Christian, whatever. you should find out those things prior if that's so important to you. But don't on your first date be like, hi, can you tell me how you came to know the Savior of the world and how you feel about that? So as you can imagine, I was telling this gentleman, I'm like, please. <laughs> oh, my gosh, don't please, do it. Please, please don't start with this question. Uh -huh. It's that's definitely a level three type question that you go into go into more because there's a natural mm -hmm. progression of how we all divulge information. And let, let me even taking even taking faith as an example. I mean, when you enter into a relationship with Christ, 
even though he knows Hmm. all, which is a very different relationship. There's a journey that God takes us on with him and their baby steps. He's not asking the man or the woman to commit their life to (laughs) religious, like to become a priest or a nun the moment that they say, God, I love you. It's a process of unfolding that that relationship and that love that you Mm -hmm. develop and you get closer and closer as the days or months and years go on. In the same way, humans are like that. We have a problem when we decide to like confess everything. We might think it's a good idea in the beginning, but you feel so vulnerable because the reality is when you're on a date with someone, you don't know them. That's why you're dating. That's the (laughs) process to know someone. Therefore, you know, to take it time. But I love the rules that she gave of keeping it short, Mm -hmm. keep the conversation to a level one type conversation. And also for the person who asked the person out on the date, that person pays. Yes. And then, of course, not to involve alcohol. That's super key. It's just it. we should have a clear head. I mean, when for me personally, I just think that dating has a purpose, like everything in life has purpose and dating definitely has an end goal in mind. If you're dating, it's assumed that you want to be in a committed relationship, also known as marriage, later on at some point down the yes. road. And so if that's the end goal, then and and so the purpose of dating is to is to, you know, find your spouse in a sense, you know, meet your spouse, get to know your spouse, date your spouse, then it's important that you have a clear mind, especially, you know, as often as you can, especially in the beginning. And so that it's it's one of the it's one of the most important decisions you'll ever make is picking your spouse. Mm-hmm. Hands down. It's the one of the most important for me as a Catholic outside of accepting Christ and living by the tenets of the gospel. It's absolutely the second biggest decisions I I've ever made is picking who I married because it it affects not just me but my family, obviously my children, all of it comes together. And so having a clear mind is important on all levels and all fronts, especially in the beginning when you're getting to know somebody, you don't want to make any stupid decisions right there in the beginning, because trust me, you'll make them later for sure. (laughs) But I really enjoyed I love the rules that she gave. It was so clear. And I think that that's I think it just seems like Megan, like this was common sense, but it seems like now today, and I don't know if it's this new generation of millennials that aren't given the guidance, the correct backing or support, but they, it seems like it's really helpful to have these type of guidelines and these challenges of dating to be placed in front of them as what Dr. Cronin did. No, absolutely. And I think you, you hit it right on the head with simple. It it seems so simple. And we've had people say, well, how could, you know, how could kids not know how to do that? It's not just kids. It's, it's a lot of people. Let's say you are just out of a marriage or lost a spouse or you're back in the dating game and you're like, what's going on? I mean, it, it affects all ages because I think we're getting a lot of how we're supposed to be in a relationship from media or from shows or from articles. And a lot of those aren't really talking about what it means to just get to know somebody or how you're supposed to be in a relationship. I think sometimes the physical comes first. And so you're taking cues from what's coming at you instead of saying, well, wait a minute. I, I, I would like to just go sit down and have a cup of coffee with somebody. And I think, you know, if parents could talk about it at their homes more, I think it's probably this thing that you just assume your kids know, which is understandable because in their generation, you would know it wouldn't be this revolutionary thing. I think it's important for the church to talk about it and what that means to be in relationship. And I think peer to peer of us holding each other accountable of, hey, we're, we're all going through this. I'm still single. You know, I have single girlfriends. We're all going through that. How, 
let's hold each other accountable of how we're supposed to behave and how what we want. And if what we want is not reflected in the way that we're in relationship, you know, let's help each other along the road. That's what it's all about. Because one thing's for certain, I think, is the promise of happiness when it comes from doing and being however you'd like really isn't treating people the way you'd like to be treated, that golden rule. Mm-hmm. Somehow in relationships, I think that goes out the door. We can do it in all different areas of our lives. But when it comes to relationships, sometimes that golden rule is just about ourselves. Hey friends, you can pick up my new book, The Other Side of Beauty, anywhere books are sold. And yes, that does include Amazon. In this book, I confront the world's very limited view of beauty and its negative impact, especially on us women. And then I give the alternative, The Other Side of Beauty, which is really about holiness and wholeness, and ultimately in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we desire this, we can can become and truly share lasting beauty. So you can grab your copy of The Other Side of Booty right now on Amazon. That's definitely the mentality of the hookup culture. It's, you know, completely selfish. It's just, I want what I want and I want to take from you whatever I want and need Mm -hmm. at this moment because I want and need that. And it's very you know, transactional and Mm -hmm. it's incredibly degrading because at the end of the moment, when, when the hookup culture, when the hookup moment happens and it's over, it's left people realizing that's not what I wanted. And then, and then they're having to adjust their entire framework or worldview of it's no big deal or that was a big deal, but how do I, I can't show it because it's not supported for me to like, think it's, a problem. And it's almost like this badge of honor. Once you have like your hookup, then you're a part of this culture that's supporting it. But everybody's unhappy. I mean, you have to look at the group of people you're around. If everybody in the hookup culture was having successful relationships, that they were contributing, that they were compatible partners, and they had compatible partners that actually contributed to the benefit of their own happiness and others, this film wouldn't even be here. But right. mm-hmm. the reality is, is that's not the case. That's why you have a movie like The Dating Project. And to kind of shed some light, thank God, thank God, shedding some honest light and honest depiction of people, you know, who are dealing with dating and who are in the hookup culture and how to navigate that and what's best to interact with other humans on this planet, which is treating them with dignity and respect and being honest and open about their expectations and what's going on. No, that's exactly. And I think as Christians, or if you're, you know, identify as Christian, there is a different bar. There is a different set of expectations of how we view other people and the dignity of them being made in the image and likeness of God. There is a difference. We should be a light. And, you know, this sometimes I think that that's an area where all of us can be better in saying we have to be that light. When, they, when people look at us, they should go, I want to be in a relationship like that. And I think sometimes we're caught up in it as well. And again, in that in that area, it's a difficult one for whatever religion or not. It's a difficult one to navigate because we're all caught up in the same things. And we really should, if we identify as Christians, there is a a greatness in that of how we're supposed to treat one another. And really, a, it's so helpful because it's right there on how we're supposed to treat one another. It's just so sometimes hard to put that into action 
when you're supposed to say, oh, I'm supposed to have these experiences in life. I mean, you probably have heard that or you've heard, you know, well, I'm in college. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is the experiences I'm supposed to be having. Only people aren't experiences. People have, you know, hearts and souls and baggage and hurt that we're not even aware of when we enter into the hookup culture and we don't view people as real and authentic image bearers of God that we go, oh, I think we're missing the boat. And it's difficult. It's, I wish it was easy and simple because it sounds like it should be. But it's an area that I think there's such growth for us as a church to make that better. And I think it would transform marriages if we can date better. And people in marriages should, of course, your spouse. <laughs> but I think that's important, too, to not forget that this is an ongoing process of relationship and growth. Absolutely. No, I think you're right. You know, one of the things you just said that really hit me is that people aren't experiences like that. Oh, that's powerful. That's so true. So true. And, you know, for listeners too, who I have a lot who are still in college and in that young adult stage when you're still single and you're wanting to be married, but you're just not there yet. And when you hear about these experiences, you know, remind yourself, please ask yourself, mm -hmm. like, who says so? Who says this? Mm -hmm. Like, you have these these kind of like cultural mantras going on, but go to the source. Who says you should treat your body that way? Who says you should treat other bodies that way, which is just for use and abuse? Which, by the way, let me just really quickly tie in. Don't think for a second that this does not have some type of tie-in and connection to what's currently going on with the Time's Up, Me Too movement and everything else surrounding that. That's bringing to light now of this ongoing you know, free will of like, you can use me or I can use you. Those have consequences, people. And when you add in power and status to that, it gets really messy. So this hookup culture that this movie, The Dating Project, shed light on is incredibly important. Also, I think it, it really helps people, even if they're already aware of it and they know it, to connect. Like, I think that especially if I would have watched this when I was single, it would have given me Oh, like a breath of fresh air. Like, thank mm -hmm. God I'm not the only one who is struggling. Yeah. Thank God I'm not the only one who is trying to figure this out. And also, I really wish Dr. Carrie Cronin was in my life when I was dating. Yes. Because that would have solved a million and one problems. And I don't even want to know the line <laughs> of guys who've been like, yes, Leah, it would have been great if you didn't talk to me for 10 hours on the phone that one day. So it would have been really, really great for me to have those set of principles of rules when you are dating. If for anything, you need to watch it for that. But it is an excellent, excellent film. Megan Harrington, one of the producers of The Dating Project Movie. You can get more information at thedatingprojectmovie.com. The release date, one day release date that it's going to hit theaters here in the United States is April 17th. April 17th. So, Megan, we were talking about maybe doing something fun with some tickets. What do you think? Oh, I think that's a great idea. Okay. So, what we're going to do. What we're going to do for you amazing Do Something Beautiful podcast listeners is we are going to give away two pairs of two tickets. So four total. And so the first two people to email me at podcast at leadero.com. That's podcast at leadero.com. If you email me, the first two people to email me first, you will get two tickets to go see this movie, the dating project movie.com right here from the Do Something Beautiful podcast. And once again, you got one day to see it, April 17th. So if you want two free tickets, and hey, listen, may you know, because we thought about this, we're like we want to give like, you know, two pair, like, like a pair of tickets, because what's worse than being single 
going by yourself to see a movie about being single. That's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, no, gotta, gotta, gotta have a, you gotta have a date to that one. You gotta either go on a date to this movie, which I think would be really amazing, which would be really good. Um, or b- grab one of your single friends that you kind of have in your group and hold you accountable. And then you can come and, and you'll be able to experience the dating project movie. So again, if you want to see this movie and if you want a free, a pair of free tickets to see the dating project, then email me at podcast at leadera.com. We will get you in touch with the movie and wherever you are, this will only be for USA listeners. Sorry about that. But right here in the <laughs> United States, but yeah, go ahead and send me an email. We'll make sure you get it. And then the only requirement if you get these free tickets is that you would go on social media that night after you watch the movie and post something on one of your social media platforms, preferably all of them, because, you know, we did give you just two free tickets to see a movie. And <laughs> let us know what you think. Give us your review of the movie. Tell people and invite people also um, to check it out. Once again, you can get all the information at thedatingprojectmovie.com. Released April 17th. Megan Harrington, one of the producers of the movie. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Leah. Thanks for all you're doing as well. And appreciate the opportunity to share this movie and uh, continue to follow your uh, podcast and, and all the great things that you're doing for culture. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, my friends, that's it for another episode of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. And remember, whatever you do today, whatever you do, make sure you do something beautiful for God. God love you. God bless. And we'll talk to you later.